This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest Wi-Fi access for customers. BT's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy. Whatever your business, BT's got your back. Search BT's got your back. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Hello, this is the Red Box Podcast. I'm Matt Chorley. Please don't ambush me with a cake. Uh, coming up on today's episode of the podcast, I don't know if there's much going on. Uh, it's just a little bit of PMQs. Just Keir Starmer, Boris Johnson having a lovely little chat. Uh, Tim Shipman and I pause the action to explain what on earth is going on. All that in just a moment. After we kick off, as ever, with our columnist panel, it's Wednesday, so it must be Albert, it's Alice Thompson and Robert Crampton. Let's talk about your column today, Alice, because mm. it is extraordinary. And um, sort of slight shift in tone here, but you've written really personally about your experience when your mother was in a care home and you couldn't go and see her and you you abided by all the rules. And your story, and I know it's a story which was replicated again and again and again, that's why people are so cross. So that's my problem. I keep wanting to move on to Ukraine and, you know, the cost of living crisis. But actually, all I can keep thinking of is why on earth did I let my mother stay in her care home. We couldn't see her for a year. She had an illness. She'd had to go into the care home just before lockdown. And so she was too ill, really, to come out. She was too ill to be on her own. She was too ill to be with us because she needed nursing care. But at the same time, we never went in to see her because we weren't allowed to. We, we ended up seeing her in the garden, as everyone else did. We were shielded. We couldn't touch her at all. She had no touch, really, at all for a year. And I remember my children at one stage, the two youngest ones, crawling round on the outside of the, of the care home and waving at her through the window. And then they got shouted at by one of the care home nurses. Ooh. And you can see what happened is people were really terrified of breaking the rules. And the problem is now, every time you look at Boris Johnson breaking another of them or looking as though he has or then partying, I don't mind that as much as I keep thinking, what was I doing? Why didn't I just get her out? Why didn't I go and see her? Why didn't I go and share cake with her? And, and that's the problem. It just haunts you and you, you want to move on. And I think most of the country want to move on. But we just keep sort of come back to God. We were made total fools of. We followed could, these could, rules sorry. without the, thinking. The, the, to be fair, the reason you did... It was because you knew it was the right thing. You were doing the right thing. And I completely take your point. And everyone feels this. Everyone's got people they didn't see, things they didn't go to, life events that they missed. But it, that was because you were doing the right thing and they weren't. That's the key thing to remember. But I now think maybe I wasn't. Now you yeah. think, why were you doing it? Because she Could, really was so lonely yeah, there yeah. on her own. And actually, she didn't die of COVID in the end. I think in the end, she gave up. So you're thinking, why did I make that choice? And that's the problem is everyone's making those sort of choices. Yeah. You know, Right at the beginning, the child who died on their own in the hospital. I mean, we're now looking back and thinking, what were we doing? But you realise that Downing Street, I mean, 
but they just didn't know those stories. Probably they did. Yeah. They, they were so out of touch. They didn't realise quite what everyone else was giving up. I That's think. the thing, is Robin. I've talked about this a, a few times. The, the the big sense you get is they just weren't experiencing lockdown in the way that we were. No, they thought it was for other people. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of extraordinary, but that is the only conclusion you can draw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and which is which is why I mean this is the absolute opposite of a Westminster bubble story. You still hear that occasionally. Yeah. Oh, it's just not something. Because this applied to everybody. Yeah. Except it didn't. It didn't apply to the people who were supposedly applying yeah, yeah. it. Uh, Alice, can I just ask you, what, how would you... Could you, have gone around, could you have gone about bending the rules if you, if you hadn't been so conscientious? How, how would you have gone about doing that? What did you want to do that you, you didn't We did do? once let... We, we convinced them to let my parents meet each other from two different camps right. when they shouldn't have because we felt that after nine months it was just too much. Yeah, so that's you described that as the one... That their so one, that was their one yeah. meeting. But I think probably um, there wasn't that much we could do because it would have become mm. a police matter, but maybe we should have let it become a police matter. I and mean, that's what you don't yeah. know looking back, do you? Yeah, I mean, I remember going to my uncle's funeral and uh, we are all socially distanced in the church and my cousin, and thinking... Should I give my cousin a, a you know a little pat on the back? I was sitting behind the pew behind him when the, when the uh, when the eulogy was and they were talking about his his dad, and I didn't. And I mean, it sounds it's a terribly small yeah, thing yeah. compared to Alice's story, but you know, I I could have done, couldn't I? Yeah. And it wouldn't have made much difference. Well, and, the and the yeah, vicar would have felt. <laughs> the see, that's vicar, the problem. The is vicar, yeah. Tell us about the vicar and your. The, the problem is that <laughs> then you realise it's not just you; it's all the people who had to make these rules. So some, there yeah. are some really petty officials who yeah. really, obviously, just yeah. We had them in our local park. Yes. People going throwing their way yeah, around. In absolutely the park. loved it. Yeah. But there were quite a lot of people. So the people in various care homes that I've talked to over the last year, they really hated being prison wardens. That's what yeah. they felt they'd become. And then the vicar. I've had several vicars, and you know, our local vicar, who said he couldn't quite understand what they ended up doing. Yeah. Because they they felt that, you know, they were now policing these terrible rules and making people do things that, in retrospect, looked absolutely dreadful. I'm but sure the I same s- happens in hospitals when they couldn't people But I suppose that's why we, d- why we didn't do them, I mean, is because we didn't want to embarrass other people. It's the, yeah, nature, yeah. It's the nature of a social sanction, isn't it? And we all ad- ad- adhere to them, and that's kind of society. <laughs> but when you've got the people running society who just aren't bothered... Yeah. Uh, and time, and now it's just, you know, it's, I mean, it's just every day there. I mean, I've lost track of how many parties they were having, apart from anything else. Even if, even at a time when you weren't allowed to have parties, you shouldn't be having that many parties at work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Even, even, if, even if it had been perfectly normal times. Yeah. You, that, the workplace shouldn't be that kind of... Uh, and also uh, now we have to have the police case going on and on and on, yeah, so yeah. no one really gets closure at all, do we? Yeah, for, for months now. It's not just Boris Johnson, the rest of us are all waiting. But I suppose the, the, thing, the thing about the parties, because people were tweeting me about this yesterday, saying there is a world where Boris walks into the cabinet room, uh, is presented with a cake, and he says, this is very nice, but obviously we're not allowed to do this. Go back to your desks. Yeah. And he, that, that is clearly not what happened either. Um, and so, you know, th- what we don't know is all the other minor transgressions. You know, it's only the people, you know, Dominic Cummings and others who yeah. are now putting this stuff into the public domain. But just this general sense of the rules that everyone else is following not being followed is why... Um, and I suppose it's we, a weird I mean, we thing. We did that all the time. Because we, 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 we every, felt we were in a yeah. sort of war, almost like a wartime situation. Everyone was doing their bit. And then with hindsight, we sort of can't... Re- you know, there's only many sometimes you go back to your phone and that sort of thing. You realise it was mad, wasn't it? It was completely mad. Yeah, and this is May. This is May twenty twenty. Yeah. Absolute height of it. We're all clapping for the NHS every Thursday night, and although it's really tough and the death toll is rising, 
there is a sense of shared community. People are in in, in some way yeah. they're they're kind of enjoying that solidarity, yeah. uh, and and yet it, we weren't all in it together, yeah. were we? I mean, the people who were who could who thought they could do it in private, yeah. Uh, we're doing yeah, it. I was like thinking about the drone. Do you remember the drones chasing people up yes. Dartmoor or whatever? Uh, Derbyshire. Yeah. Derbyshire. Two, two women yeah. who, had a, who met up for a coffee and, and, and laid by about the funerals. One of the most awful things I remember mm. seeing during that, that period was the, the, there was the, the streamed funeral where someone moved a chair to sit next mm-hmm. to someone and was some, some official comes and moves them back. And then yeah. Boris Johnson, it was, what was weird is it was literally just his 56th birthday. I mean, yeah, exactly. most of us are at work during our sort of, you know... I mean, yeah, all sort of, it sort of blurs into one, doesn't it, in your 50s? Because you're, you know, it's not a big deal, your 56th birthday. Really in fact, you'd already had <laughs> one cake in the morning. No, this is second cake. I'm just like to say, I haven't yet got to 56, but I'm not going to be I expecting have. a huge have. cake. We're, we're going to ambush you with a party. cake. Yeah. I got to 56 summer before last, and it really wasn't a big deal. I got a cake. Did but, you get two though? Because Boris got no, two. I only, no, and I think I probably had to beg. Did you? For, did you gather for thirty of your closest uh, <laughs> colleagues, your wife and your interior designer together? No, to I didn't. No. No. no, no, no. When was it? Twenty? Yeah, I mean, but I'm the same age as Boris. What am I talking about? Yeah, of course. I'm, 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 he's six weeks older than me, and it was that summer. And no, uh, he we can't didn't. remember. In fact, we remember we talked about it. Yeah, and we didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. But uh, it is all the details that we love. So we love the interior design. We love that. That's the problem is bits of it. You're waiting for Petronella to work to come back in or yeah. Jennifer Courage. You, you, want, you want all the themes to be tied up at the it end. It turns but out Jennifer time... Arcuri was in the cake. That exactly. would be the perfect outcome. Well, she would look great coming out of a cake. She's the Carol she? Captain, isn't she? Mm. This yeah. uh, Lulu Little is Carol yeah. Captain, isn't she? <laughs> that is, well, yeah. which brings us on nicely to yes. being interviewed by the police. Yeah, which I've totally forgotten about. Because uh, <laughs> Patrick McGuire, I mean, yeah. talk about some of my colleagues in, in sort of political Twitter have very short memories. Mm. This is unprecedented, isn't mm. it? This has never happened before. And actually, you know, in the dying days of Tony Blair's government, he was interviewed mm. twice, I think. Three times. Three times. As a witness, not under As a caution. witness, yeah. but not under caution. Mm. Um, all to do with uh, cash or peerages. Yeah. And... But the issue is we've now forgotten that, haven't we? So it <laughs> yeah. shows that some police cases we, we will forget, but I think we, that's because we'll remember Tony Blair about Iraq, whether you think that was a good mm. idea or not. Whereas with, you know, Boris Johnson, whatever happens, we are going to remember the cake, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, you know... He's been immortalised. But it's amazing it. <laughs> how I mean we, we'll forget the cake because there'll be something else. Because you'd have thought we were always going to remember the suitcase full of wine. Oh, the cheese board. Or the cheese board. Yeah, but or, now it's a cake. Yeah, and now it's a cake. Um, but the Tony <laughs> it's a greedy bugger. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but the Tony Blair thing is interesting. And Pat- Patrick McGuire's written a really good piece of the Times yeah. today, where he, you know, he says ultimately, did was this the thing that brought down Tony Blair? No. no. But and he quotes the famous Jeremy Thorpe quote uh, about when he was asked, "Do you think? Do you think your your murder trial yeah. uh, contributed to your <laughs> failure to get re-elected?" Yeah. And he said, well, <laughs> don't it, it. "I don't think didn't. it helped." Yeah, um, and this clearly didn't help Tony Blair, and it's probably not helping Boris Johnson, is it? I mean, there was a very peculiar, clever by half attempt yesterday to suggest that actually the police being called in kicks it down the road. Kicks yeah. it down the road, it might help Boris Johnson. Yeah, I don't think it's ever a good look to have <laughs> have the boys and. Girls in blue coming and knocking on the door. Yeah, not uh, if you look at most of the front page today. Yeah. Johnson faces police if you over parties. Sun. N- numbers up, PM. Hello, 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 Bojo. Plonka. Yeah, hello, 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 Bojo. PM in peril is police called in. Uh, yeah, there's not. No. That's not a good look. Yeah. No, and but the weird a, thing is, a, the police were in there already. That's what's so extraordinary about this whole story. Yeah, and they didn't say anything. <laughs> they didn't so say anything. Well, the at the, the beginning of the week, we had the Telegraph reporting that the police had handed over loads of information to Sue Gray about yeah. who was there and you know, timings and suitcases and whatnot. Yeah. And now the police are basically investigating themselves. It, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise us, would it, if there were a couple of policemen at the party? 
you know, because they're all getting, they, you know, maybe off duty or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like I wonder if the official but... photographers were there as well, because they obviously didn't think they were doing anything wrong. Capturing there may it. be some mm. photos that have come <clears> from them. Mm. Yeah. But there is, there's a suggestion yeah. of photos. There is a suggestion of, of photos. Mm. With yeah. bottles of wine and things. Yeah. No, it's not a good look. I mean, especially Conservative Party law. I mean, how do they talk about law and order, you know? Uh, I mean, the Conservative Party out there in the country, your average Conservative activist who's worried about crime and all the rest of it, does not want to see their Prime Minister being interviewed by the police. Yeah. And we had a neighbour... Uh, that's why. I th- here's an interesting thing. Do you think the Daily Mail have got this right? A nation that's lost all sense of proportion. Surely Daily Mail readers... No. No, I think actually they've got that wrong Old in the sense that we're desperate to move on. I think it's terrible. Yeah. No, because actually what happens is... You have to leave from the top. And if Boris Johnson's got the police coming in, if no one's you know, sure whether he's flagrantly disobeyed all the rules that he himself set, then that sets a terrible precedent. Uh, and, and it's lying. People don't like lying. 8%, only 8% of the country believe his explanation or what he says. Yeah. And it, so 92% of the country think the Prime Minister's a liar. That's, that's really serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not out of pr- proportion. I mean, you might say the offence is, maybe. I wouldn't. Uh, but the uh, but it's not about the cake. It's, it's know, not no. Danny's it's about, Collins very good on this. Yeah. It's not about the cake. It's about uh, accountability. And accountability. Accountability. Yeah. Being a grown up. You yeah. know, having some respect for the people that you're in charge of. Yeah, yeah. And Boris Johnson was very good on Ukraine yesterday. I mean, he's good sometimes at the really big set pieces, yeah, yeah. but that's not enough because actually now once you lose that sense of trust, yeah, it, everything else is coloured, isn't it? By yeah. It? And also, it's very hard for him to play this, the the grand statesman on Ukraine when the entire country is laughing about a cake. Yeah. Ultimately, it's look at Blair. I mean, Blair hasn't still hasn't recovered from Iraq uh, just because the country think he like thinks he lied about it. Yeah, and, and uh, that's kind of what people were still saying about. It. And you've now reached the point. Where I've now got people sending me back my tweets that have been appearing in their friendship WhatsApp groups. You know, the, 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 this is everybody's talking about this. Everyone's talking. So go on then. Let's let's um, uh, cards on the table. Will you resign this time next week when you're here? Uh, he won't have resigned. No, he won't have resigned. Whether he'll have been uh, forced out, whether there'll have been, um, you know, no confidence vote, or uh, or whether somebody, uh, one of the uh, uh, contenders, has put themselves forward and it starts to get serious in that way, that's maybe the case. But no, I, absolutely, hundred percent, he won't have resigned. He's going to have to be forced out. That's the problem, isn't it? That we know that he knows how to play this game. That if. Every, everyone else has a sense of shame at some point. But I just yeah. don't think he does, does he? No. I mean, it could be literally. He could, you know, he could be in jail and still. You know. I mean, he looks very cross and unhappy, but he just looks like self-pity, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's somebody who's very unhappy that they've been caught. Alice Thompson and Robert Crampton there, and of course you can read them in the Times every week. Just get yourself a digital subscription. Go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash Times box. Up next is PMQ's Unpacked. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. You're listening to the Redbox Podcast now. It's time for this. PMQ's Unpacked on Times Radio. Unpacking the politics and cutting through the crossfire. Order, order. I call Matt Chorley and Tim Shipman. Here we are again then. It's the most important PMQs since the one last week and the one before that. Tim Shipman is here, a chief political commentator for the Sunday Times. What's going to happen, Tim? Oh, I don't know, Matt. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> don't say that. It's You're like in the a lobby. Pri- You're a political like a prize commentator, fight, isn't it? You, you, you should, you should know everything. Well, the first thing is that Boris Johnson has not listened to David Davis, so we will be there this week. Um, he has not gone, um, and we know that he's sort of limbering up for a difficult session because he's been jogging this morning. Uh, we saw him out um, is that, in is the that, dark is that with a sign? the dog. Is that a sign of something? Well, it's like sort of rocky training, isn't it, for this, uh, <laughs> um, you know, you expect... I imagine he goes along in his head, you know, with rousing tunes in his head, preparing to talk about Captain Hindsight or something um, as he tries to repost what will doubtless be some pretty tricky questions. And if you're Keir Starmer, do you just talk about parties and cake and so on and risk, wait for Sue Gray... Uh, just for the whole six questions. Or do you talk about Ukraine, cost of living, gas prices, national insurance and all the other stuff, which actually is upsetting Tory MPs as well, and show that you're slightly rising above it all? I think he will probably not do all six on it because, frankly, we don't know a great deal more than we did last week. We've now had the birthday party, so I would think the birthday party is good for us. Well, you you need a serious question about the police. You need a, some kind of question about the birthday party and some kind of joke about cake and whether Boris Johnson still believes in having it and eating it or whether he now <laughs> believes in, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and I've He was touched, ambushed. ambushed. Ambushed with a cake. So there's Ambush a lot of fun to be had with some of the more ridiculous things that the Johnsonians have been saying over the last uh, 48 hours. Um, and if Rishi Sunak uh, pipes up next to him, I dare say there's a couple of jokes to be about how Sunak had gone for a serious meeting and accidentally found himself in the midst of this cake chaos. He stumbled across uh, Boris Johnson's uh, cake ambush. Uh, we're just waiting for PMQs to uh, start. They're, um, they're just winding up the previous question session. Uh, online, if you're watching on YouTube, hello to Hugh in Portugal, Tim in Sweden. Um, where else are you uh, uh, watching in from? Melbourne. Hello, Declan. Theo's in Cambridge. Jack's in Switzerland. Uh, somebody's in the West Midlands. Ginny's in Birmingham. Uh, go on. Oh, uh, San is in Japan. Uh, so go online. Let us know where you're watching and uh, and what you expect to happen. Because I think it's a, it's a tricky, it is a tricky one for Keir Starmer. Well, there's um, so much going on in Ukraine. I think he will probably um, want to talk about that as well. And, you know, it, there are some people with suspicions that, that Britain's response has been uh, particularly robust, perhaps to um, give uh, Boris Johnson something else to talk about. So um, it'd be interesting to see if Starmer takes that approach. And just going into this, what, from the people you're speaking to, what is the mood amongst Tory MPs? I think they're sort of 
they're slightly becalmed, but they're also getting a bit sick of this and the, the relentlessness with which yet another story emerges. And Dominic Cummings was very open on his blog um, earlier this week in which he said, more of this stuff is going to keep coming and don't think that the Sue Gray report will be the end of it because there'll be some people who won't have wanted to talk to Sue Gray or provide her with photographs or whatever because the Prime Minister might find out who's been doing the dirty on him. Um, the police investigation uh, makes that a slightly different creature now because people are much more likely to cooperate with the police, I would have thought. Um, but, yeah, they're sort of waiting for this report, not quite knowing what to expect. There's been so much briefing, a lot of it ill-informed, um, <laughs> that it's going to be great or it's going what to be disastrous. Um, and um, people now just want to see what it says in black and white um, and begin to make their own minds up. It's interesting, looking at the uh, the pictures from uh, the House of Commons, you've got Brandon Lewis sitting directly next to the Prime Minister because I think he's just been doing Northern Ireland questions. And on the, his other side, there's Liz Truss, who is out sort of defending him this morning, then Priti Patel and then Rishi Sunak, which unfortunately for Rishi Sunak means he's just out of shot on the main the main shot because he, he was a bit prominent last week. Uh, yes, he um, uh, whether he wants to be seen sitting next to him or not is a slightly moot point. There's quite a lot of Union Jack um, face coverings on the Conservative benches as well. well is... I assume because last week Christian Wakeford, having crossed the floor, was wearing one. So maybe they're trying to take back the flag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Liz Truss and Dominic... Um, not Dominic Rudd, Liz Truss and Rishi Sunak, are they manoeuvring behind the scenes? Uh, well, they're trying not to, but lots of people who like them uh, are trying to sort of position them and start to make the argument about why they're the best person for the job, should the job become available, whilst the principals... Um, uh, Trust has done a slightly better job than Sunak of appearing to be publicly loyal, um, though I think um, a lot of people think that that's, um, uh, their actual loyalty is a fairly similar which is that it's uh, slightly conditional now. Asking online what uh, Keir Starmer should actually do. Um, <laughs> several weeks, Robert says, sing happy birthday. Diana says, offer some Johnson, offer Johnson some cake and say, how about you eat this while I run the country? Uh, Catch COVID again, says Dave. And Stephen says, ask Angela Rayner to stand in. She's much more effective. Uh, well, you can watch along right now. Uh, we're crawling towards 1,000 people online. Go to your YouTube, search Times Radio, so you can see Tim and I. Uh, as we watch along the uh, the live House of Commons feed, it's uh, <laughs> Mary says PMQs is almost as addictive as Wordle. Uh, Juanita's watching from Froome, looking forward to Tim's impressions. You've got because obviously Patrick McGuire has perfected the uh, uh, Lindsay Hoyle impression, so maybe you can do if you could rustle up a Kiss Starmer impression before the half hour's out. That'd be lovely. Slightly trickier one, <laughs> isn't it? Here we go. Then uh, this is PMQs Unpatched. You're listening on Times Radio. You're watching on Times Radio's YouTube channel. Let's go to the House of Commons. This is Kiss Starmer. Leader of the Opposition, Keir Starmer. Uh, thank you, Mr Speaker, and can I join with the Prime Minister in his comments in relation to Bloody Sunday? The Ministerial Code says that Ministers who knowingly mislead Parliament will be expected to offer their resignation. Does the Prime Minister believe that applies to him? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, of course, but let me tell the House uh, that I think he's inviting a question about uh, an investigation which has... Uh, you know, Mr. Speaker, I can't uh, comment, and uh, uh, which, I, which he is, a, as a lawyer, Mr. Speaker, will know that I that I can't comment on. And what I am focused on is delivering the fastest recovery of any European uh, of, of any uh, European economy 
uh, from COVID, uh, the, uh, the fastest booster rollout, 400,000 more people on the payrolls now than there were before the pandemic began. And uh, we're launching a policy tomorrow, Mr Speaker. Uh, he talks about, he talks about uh, people being out of work. Uh, in, in my case, uh, that's what he, and I, know, I understand why he wants it. We're launching a plan tomorrow, Mr Speaker, to get half a million people off welfare into work. It's a fantastic idea. I hope he supports it. Well, let's just jump in there then. Um, uh, so we should explain that the, the, the idea of misleading Parliament is, is seen traditionally as a very serious matter. Yes. I mean, one of Boris Johnson's uh, chaps was out this morning um, saying, well, he hasn't, he hasn't robbed a bank. Um, <laughs> but lying to Parliament, misleading Parliament... Um, when you don't correct it, is seen as, you know, frankly, as a, a more mortal sin than robbing a bank in Parliament. Um, and uh, and it's a and it's a you know it used to be a resigning offence. It did. Though tradition, more recently, what seems to have happened is that people go to the dispatch box to correct their error. Yeah. Um, but uh, Boris Johnson has uh, clearly has a degree of confidence that whatever Sue Gray says, she ain't going to be saying that he misled Parliament. And interestingly. I was wondering whether we'd get some obfuscation there um, and avoidance of the question. Actually, we didn't. We got a straight answer from yeah. Boris Johnson, which is that if I'm found to have misled Parliament, I will resign, uh, which can only mean that he thinks he didn't mislead Parliament. Although he did say, I've been assured there were no parties. That is very true. Perhaps, but that may be true. He, he could may... have been assured while forgetting no, think, he was think, at some of them. I think, uh, reading between the lines of all the conversations one's had over the last few weeks, um, it is very clear that in Number 10 they decided that they had not broken the rules and that that is what they told yeah, the yeah. Prime Minister. The fact that that was palpable nonsense um, uh, doesn't seem to have changed that line. Um, so then uh, Boris Johnson then just sort of preempted a whole load of things that Keir Starmer hadn't done. So I'm not going to comment on the ongoing investigation. And the fast economic recovery, the booster programme and so on. And then, out of nowhere... Well, don't just... get bored of that yet, because you'll be hearing that again. But I'm then sure. he just announces a policy, which has got nothing to do with the question, to get half a million people back into work. And he almost made a joke about his own imminent unemployment, I thought. Uh, sort of, yes. Um, we'll see. I think Boris Johnson likes living on the edge. That's. Uh, I'm, I can't think can he, if I was him, I might have kept my half a million people out of work policy up my sleeve for maybe... Maybe question five. Question number... <laughs> Well, let's see how we get on then. Uh, let's go back. This is question number two, Keir Starmer. Starmer, I think the Prime Minister said yes, he agrees the code does apply to him. Yes. Uh, 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 and therefore, if he misled Parliament, he must resign. Yes. On the 1st of December, the Prime Minister told this House, in relation to parties during lockdown, all guidance was followed completely in number 10 from that dispatch box. Yeah. On the 8th of December, it looks quizzical, he said it, on the 8th of December, the Prime Minister told this House, I have been repeatedly assured since these allegations emerged there was no party. So since he acknowledges the ministerial code applies to him, will he now resign? No, Mr Speaker. But, you know, since he asks about, about Covid restrictions... Uh, let me just remind the House and indeed remind uh, the country that he has been relentlessly opportunistic uh, throughout. Uh, he, he has, has flip-flopped flip from one side uh, to the other. Uh, he, would have kept us, he would have kept us in lockdown in the summer, Mr Speaker. 
he would have taken us back into lockdown uh, at Christmas, Mr Speaker. And it's precisely because we didn't listen to Captain Hindsight uh, that we have the fastest growing economy in the G7, Mr Speaker. And we have got all the big calls right. OK, let's, uh, let's jump in there. Um, Keir Starmer repeating, when obviously it was, it was a big deal two weeks ago when Keir Starmer called for him to resign. It's now a sort of um, par for the course. Um, uh, <laughs> and then we just got Boris Johnson's greatest hits. We'd still be in lockdown now. If it, I, mean, I mean, strictly speaking, the Labour Party didn't call for a lockdown at Christmas. They, did, you know, they weren't happy last summer, but it is, a, it is just a fact that they did not call for a lockdown at Christmas. No, that's true. Um, though I suspect Boris Johnson has a point if, he, if they didn't want to come out of it in the summer than would they have got out of it by Christmas who knows um, but this is you know the argument that he and his whips and his other supporters are making to MPs uh, look this bloke did the vaccines he got us at, got us through the big crisis um, he got the big calls right and that is their argument and um, they're going to stick to it um, I think a lot of the public has moved past that argument um, and a considerable number of Conservative MPs have as well but um, it's what Boris Johnson's got um, and it's interesting to me that Starmer could only find two examples that he wanted to hang his hat on of Boris Johnson misleading the Commons. And one of those we'd sort of already dealt with, which was that, you know, he had been told that yeah. there were no parties. Now, it, pretty obvious, I think, to a lot of people that Boris Johnson might have worked that out for himself that they were having parties, um, particularly the ones that he attended. But I was assured. But, but was he assured by his staff that these were not it parties does. but were work events? That is still their argument now. So in a sense, he does not accept that he misled the Commons. That's, he, that's he, the I'm line he's sticking you to. i what I was told. It yeah. turns out it's more cleverly worded than perhaps we... Um, we thought, um, uh, now more than a thousand people watching along on YouTube. Uh, uh, J.W. Andrews says, anyone else muting Johnson's reply? Just listen to Tim and Matt's analysis after. Well, that's very nice. Uh, Toby says, may well have watched last week's PMQs. These two clowns again throwing cream cakes at each other. Very good. A broken record, says someone else. Is that them or us? I'm not sure. That's a good point. <laughs> I no, I wasn't here last you week, here so last it must be them. Um, uh, and people pointing out, we haven't yet had the European Medicines Agency or vacillate while we vaccinate. Oh, so stand by. Stand, stand by. by. <laughs> Brace get, yourselves. Get your bell ready. Let's go back to the House of Commons. It's Keir Starmer. Question three. This is the guy that said, in hindsight, he now appreciates it was a party. <laughs> we, we, we've discovered the real Captain Hindsight, haven't we, Mr Speaker? Where are party at? Let me spell out the... Let me spell out... They shout now. They're going to have to go out and defend some of this nonsense. <laughs> Let me spell out the significance of yesterday's developments. Sue, Sue Gray matter to the police, having found evidence of behaviour that's potentially a criminal offence. Prime Minister, if you do not understand the significance of what happened yesterday, then I really do despair. Because the police, having... Prime Minister, the police having got that material from Sue Gray, subject it to a test to decide whether to investigate. And that test was whether it was the most serious and flagrant type of breach in the rules. The police spelt out that what they meant by that, that those involved knew or ought to have known what they were doing was an offence and that there was little ambiguity about the absence of any reasonable foot. Does the Prime Minister... Does the Prime Minister... This question will continue, and I will hear. I will hear the question 
Unfortunately, you might not believe this, but our constituents are very interested in both the questions and the answers. If some members do not wish to hear it, please leave quietly. Keir Starmer. Mr Speaker, having got the material from Sue Gray, the police had to take a decision as to whether what they had before them was the most serious and flagrant types of breach of the rules. If members want to laugh at that, laugh. The police spelt out, the police spelt out what they meant. They decided on the material they've already got, that they've already got, that those involved knew or ought to have known what they were doing was an offence and that there was little ambiguity around the absence of any reasonable defence. Does the Prime Minister really not understand the damage his behaviour is doing to our country? I mean, it didn't help uh, Lindsay Hoyle jumping in there, uh, Tim Shipman, but that was a bit of a muddle, wasn't it? It was a bit of a muddle, but there were actually, I thought, in, in its way, some quite good Starmer material there. I mean, you saw last week that he was deploying humour to effect and... He's turned the captain hindsight gag around and saying, you know, this fella's now got hindsight and realised he was he was at a party. Um, and then back to the old style Starmer, the sort of slightly disapproving and a little bit disappointed with the prime minister. I'm a very serious lawyer and very I know, serious. I know things how the legal law. Works. I know how the law, the legal judgy law works, um, and you appear not to. Um, and he's got a point, you know. I mean, the police did say it was serious or flagrant breaches, um, and. It's it's odd, this atmosphere on the Conservative benches, where there's a slight air of sort of, oh, we're all a bit bored of this now, all these, oh, what, another party and a cake as well, oh, goodness me. But, you know, the police are involved. Clearly, some people are going to be found to have breached things. Um, and, um, you know, whatever they say about the Prime Minister, it's all fairly unedifying. Um, you know, but Starmer, you know, turning on his kind of best... Um, disappointed act, you know, damaging the country and all that sort of thing. But there is a sort of slight air of levity on the Tory benches and uh, Boris Johnson has been you know, it's sort of I wouldn't... Uh, to say smirk would be to, would be to put rather more sort of moral strength yeah, on. But, it's, it's, but there's some slight sort of nervous giggling and all the rest of it. It's not kind of it's not the grave affair. It's not a man have... humbled by the fact the police are now investigating that is what true, he's been no. doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I confess I've forgotten already what Keir Starmer's question was, but let's uh, let's go. I, mean, I, I suspect it won't make any difference anyway because this is Boris Johnson's answer. <laughs> Mr Speaker, I hope that the Right Honourable Gentleman understands uh, that although the issue that he raises uh, is important, uh, there is simply no way, as he knows, as a lawyer, that I can comment on uh, the investigation that he is currently, uh, is currently taking place. But what, I but what he also knows, he talks about the most serious issue, but the, he talks about the most serious issue before uh, the public today and before the world today. It's almost as though he was in ignorance of the fact uh, Mr. Speaker, that we have a crisis on the borders of Ukraine, and I, I, and I, can, I can tell him, I can tell him what is actually what is going on in the cabinet room of this country is that the UK government, <laughs> no, Mr. Speaker, lots of MPs shouting parties, is bringing there. <laughs> the West together so that we have. And our Foreign Secretary and Defence Secretary to bring the West together to have the toughest possible package of sanctions to deter President Putin from what I think would be a reckless and a catastrophic invasion. That is what this government is doing. We're getting on with the job, and I think he needs to raise his game, frankly. 
There we are. Boris Johnson telling Keir Starmer to raise his game. Let us know who you think is performing better. If you go on to the Times Radio YouTube channel, uh, you can watch along live. We've got a poll asking who is performing better, Keir Starmer or uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, let's go back then. Question number four, Keir Starmer. Can I just say honestly... <laughs> or Lindsay Hoyle. Can I just say to both sides... Our constituent watching it, tensions are running high, and what we need to be able to do is allow the people out there who are bothered about their futures to hear what is said on both sides. So please, let's give the respect our constituents deserve. Keir Starmer. Mr Speaker, this was the Prime Minister who went into hiding for five days because of these allegations. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about being around for the allegations. Mr Speaker. Can I just say, I don't want to do this, but I am determined to make sure our constituents can hear. The next person that stops me hearing will not be continuing in this debate. Questions? Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister's continual defences wait for the Sue Gray report. On the 8th of December, he told this House, I will place a copy of the report in the Library of the House of Commons. His spokesperson has repeatedly stated that means the full report, not parts of the report, not a summary of the report, not an edited copy. So can the Prime Minister confirm that he will publish the full Sue Gray report as he receives it? Minister. Mr Speaker, what I can tell him is that we've got to leave the report to the independent uh, investigator, as he knows. Uh, and of course, uh, when I receive it, I, of course I will do exactly uh, what I said. But I can, I can tell him that in the meantime, I think what the people of this country want to hear is what we're doing, uh, to, uh, what we're doing to tackle the issues that matter to all of us. Fixing, fixing the cost of living, Mr Speaker, helping people across, across the country by lifting the living wage, Mr Speaker, by helping people with their fuel costs, Mr Speaker, as this government is, and by cutting the tax of people on universal credit, cutting the tax by £1,000. And, Mr Speaker, that party opposite are committed to abolishing universal credit. That's their policy. Keir Starmer. Um, let's just jump in there, uh, Tim Shipman. Um, uh, given the cost of living crisis and the fact there's a big cabinet row about putting up um, national insurance, it's quite an interesting. This does seem to be quite an interesting argument. Say, let's stop talking about parties. Let's talk about how we're making everyone worse off instead. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting that Johnson has gone there before Starmer. He yeah. went there first on Ukraine. He went there first on on cost of living. Um, I mean, that doesn't mean he won't repeat the same answers if he is asked about it. But um, uh, though. You know, we've had four questions on this now, and Labour do want it on the record that the report's going to be published in full. Uh, they sort of got that. Um, uh, not stated explicitly, but um, they got Johnson to agree that, you know, he would stick by what he'd said. So, um, you know, he's got two questions left. Let's see if he can perform the pivot we think he should perform. There we are. Like you said, you could still be watching a lot. We've got two uh, on the... Who is performing better? 76%, say Keir Starmer. 24% say uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, and Damien says, first time I've ever watched Times Radio. Great show, Matt. I have to say I'm disappointed with how glossy and polished the studio is. I was hoping for a Harry Potter-style broom cupboard. Yeah. There we are. Uh, right, we go back. Question number five from Keir Starmer. 
cutting the tax. <laughs> the, the, the police say the evidence as, uh, meets the test. Frankly, the public have made up their minds. They know he's not fit for the job. And that's what really matters here. Throughout this scandal, the Tories have done immense damage to public trust. When the leader of the Scottish Conservatives said the Prime Minister should resign, the leader of the House called him a lightweight. English English Conservatives publicly undermining the Union by treating Scotland with utter disdain. How much damage are the Prime Minister and his Cabinet prepared to do to save his skin? Minister. Really a uh, well, there. Mr Speaker, I, I think that he was uh, offering a yet more general criticism of uh, what's been going on in, in Downing Street. Let me just remind the House of what's been going on in, in Downing Street. Uh, we've been prioritising the Covid backlogs, uh, Mr Speaker. Investing massively in nine million more scans uh, so that people get the treatment that they need and that they've been waiting for, and making sure that we have 44,000 more people in our. Yes, for, it says it's rubbish. They didn't vote for it, Mr. Speaker. They don't support it. 44,000. 4,000 more people in our NHS now than there were in 2020, Mr. Speaker. And, and we're fixing social care, Mr. Speaker, which, which governments have neglected uh, for decades and laboured it absolutely. Enough. They have no plan at all to fix the NHS or to fix social care. Vote Labour, wait longer. We have a new slogan. We have a new slogan. Vote Labour, Labour wait longer. It does seem like they've just gone. Can you just come up with a list of all the things that we've done which are good? Very much. And actually, he's not repeating himself. He's, yeah, he's yeah. kind of he's working his way up through and them. He's working his way through That's why he wants list. to get his, uh, his half a million uh, people out of work back into work announcement out in the first one. Because each time, I think, we've had a different... Two or three different sort of Different change of tack, whether yeah. it's, you know, cost of living crisis, getting people back into work, he'd have kept us in lockdown, fastest growing economy, and now nine million more scams. Yeah. But Starmer sort of let him do that with a pretty weak question. I did, yeah, again, you know, it, it sort of beat you know, it out again. You know, he's not fit for the job. What, you know, what are you going to do about that? Or words to that effect. It's, um, you're supposed to build to a crescendo, and it feels like the, the real action was earlier. Well, let's see if uh, Keir Starmer can pick it up one last time. PMQ's unpacked. Uh, question number six. Keir Starmer! The reality is that we now have the shameful spectacle of a Prime Minister of the United Kingdom being subject to a police investigation. Unable to leave the country, incapable of doing the right thing, and every day his Cabinet failed to speak out, they become more and more complicit. And what's utterly damning, despite the huff and puff, is that this is all happening when petrol prices, the weekly shop and energy bills are going through the roof. Three months ago, Labour suggested cutting VAT from energy bills. Still, the government has failed to act. Instead of getting on with their jobs, they're wheeled out to save his. Whatever he says in his statement later today or tomorrow won't change the facts. Isn't this a Prime Minister and a government that have shown nothing but contempt for the decency, honesty and respect that define this country. Prime Minister! No, Mr Speaker, uh, we love this country and we're doing everything in our power to help this country. And, and 
of course, of course, he wants me out of the way, Mr. Speaker. Of course, of course, he wants me out of the way. Uh, he does, uh, and uh, I can't. And many people, of course, of course, I, I don't deny it. Uh, uh, for all sorts of reasons, many people may want me out of the way. But I tell you, the reason he wants me out of the way is because he knows that this government can be trusted to deliver. And, and we did, and we, and we delivered on Brexit, Mr. Speaker. He voted 48 times. He voted 48 times to take this country back into the European Union. We delivered. He He can't be trusted. We, vote, we delivered the fastest vaccine rollout in Europe, uh, Mr. Speaker. And we will deliver on our plan to unite and level up across the whole of the UK. Prime down 10%, Mr. Speaker. Job vacancies at a record high. Colossal investment in. Yes, Mr. Speaker. We're delivering, and they have no plan. Three times as much tech investment as France in this country, twice as much as Germany. We have a vision for this country as the most, as the most prosperous and successful economy in Europe because we are going to unite and level up. The problem with the Labour Party today, Mr Speaker, is that he's a lawyer, not a leader. See what the Prime Minister's got to say. No. I would have thought, I would have thought he's the Prime Minister of this side of the House. I'm surprised that this side of the House is willing to listen to it, because I don't. Prime Minister. Well, Mr. Speaker, I only wanted to add the point that we've taken the tough decisions, we've got the big calls right, and we're, and in particular I, am getting on with the job. Well, there we are. A lawyer, not a leader. Yep. He's... And a you know, I mean, Starmer didn't ask a question. He gave a summing up for the prosecution. Yeah, um, for the news. For the news. Yeah. And Boris Johnson gave a summing up for the defence. Now, in a sense, the substance of it doesn't matter that much, but the cacophonous noise on the Tory benches makes me feel like he is actually getting somewhere in terms of rallying his troops. Um, it cuts both ways, though, doesn't it? Because part of them must be thinking, well, if it wasn't for this blooming party business we'd be able to be talking about all that, and it's not getting any traction. That's very true, and there are some people who feel very strongly about that. Um, I, I you thought... were hearing from David Davis earlier, but <laughs> I think um, the mood is turning a little into, you know, is this a lot of fuss? Um, can we just squeeze through it? Can we squeeze through it? I can thought we, it was interesting. Can we fight on and get back to saying... Boris know, Johnson talking about lots of people want me out of the way. Mm. I wondered whether the, you know that was as much about the people sitting behind him as the people. I was going to say outside. Rishi Sunak didn't put his hand up at that point. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, the sad truth though is that we've all sat through you know half an hour of fun here, um, and none of that really will matter when Sue Gray publishes her report. And it does feel a little bit. Like and that will swamp the news, and you know. Both of them will be forced to respond, and what will really be all over the evening news if it comes this yeah, afternoon yeah. is that. Um, but what you do have, you know, is a an exchange that allows you to gauge levels of support, and I think and actually probably a dress rehearsal for that. Yeah, that uh, statement. Starmer did reasonably well. He had a decent amount to play with. He made a few good jokes. He made a few good attacks. He summed up his own case effectively. Uh, but I think some tourists will look at that and think. Uh, Boris Johnson is not going anywhere and he's going to keep fighting. And um, if that's the case, um, we might as well get behind him. That's all we've got time for on today's episode of the Red Box Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. 
And you can listen via the Times Radio app. Catch me Monday to Friday, 10 till 1, live on Times Radio. And if you want to come on and play the hugely popular quiz, Can You Get to Number 10, email me your details, matt.chorley at times.radio, and we'll get you on very soon. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.